Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We work hard as physicians to take care of the health and well-being of our patients. But when it comes to our money, do we have the same condition of care? Probably, probably not. Let's change that together. Welcome to the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast, where we'll fight and advocate for your financial literacy. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. Thanks for being here. Let's jump into the show. This week's episode is sponsored by CityVest. CityVest has quickly become the most popular and best way for doctors to invest in top-performing real estate private equity funds that are usually reserved for institutional investors. This unique access to investing in these institutional funds is available for the first time ever through CityVest's easy and secure online investment platform. CityVest does the hard work of conducting due diligence and vetting the investments. They even get a third-party due diligence report that is posted on their website. As a result of aggregating a several million dollar investment amount into their access funds, CityVest gains access to investing in the institutional investment and is able to negotiate better investment terms such as a 12% preferred return. You can check them out at cityvest.com or go to the link in the show notes below. Welcome everybody to this week's episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. And I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, we talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, emotional freedom. And we started the podcast with a group of physician guests and audience. And now the brand has grown such that I'm sharing the education and information to a wider audience and hopefully both sides can benefit. So today we have a very special guest. His name is uh, Julian Hayes II, and he's going to be talking all about entrepreneurship. He's going to be talking about um, business health consultant and creating your future. So Julian, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, Dr. Lou. I really appreciate that. And I love the I love those four pillars right there, especially the, you know, the first one that we always think about, of course, is financial freedom and then maybe location, but and then time and then, but emotional freedom. And I, I love the emotional component of that because it, it is very, very true because you could be in, you know, your ideal location and you got all the time in the world, but then you just feel crappy and you got a lot of stuff that you haven't taken care of because wherever you go, you go. Somebody told me that a long time ago, I tried to run away, um, just change locations thinking it would solve all my problems and it didn't. So that's why that, that really stuck out to me. Yeah. Yeah. I know, uh, right now people are talking about happiness, freedom, and all the different components and all of the pillars. So you, you actually, um, have an interesting uh, slant to it and where you're talking about um, health wise. So, you know, health is actually the pillar of everything. If you're sick, always mm-hmm. sick and you're, you really can't have happiness. You can't have freedom. You know, it doesn't matter 
you know, if you have all the other pillars. So uh, tell us more about yourself, your background and how you got started. Yeah, ironically enough, I um my initial goal was actually to become a physician. <laughs> and so I went, to, I wanted to be an ophthalmologist. And um, I so I went to medical school and I left after the first year of medical school, not because it, it was good, but I, I knew there was great out there. And I met a lot of interesting people when I was in New York and yeah. I love health and I love all that encompasses, but I didn't necessarily love being a physician because I was worried that, you know, the road to ophthalmologists is it's probably a, like, especially if you're going to specialize in everything, that's a decade, at least I believe. And yeah. I was just thinking that, do I want to tie myself down to one thing when there's so many different things that I'm interested in and I couldn't, and I can always go back to school. And so that made the decision easier. And so over the course of time, I started like most, I think fitness people, it's a, I started as a personal trainer when I left medical school. I did personal training, did that a little bit in college. And I got to a point where it was boring because <laughs> I was like, well, I think there has to be more, right? And I started noticing different things in my family. And I got interested in genetics and epigenetics because I noticed certain things propped up a lot down my family tree and other people's family tree. It was nowhere to be found, but they had other issues. So I linked up with some other individuals to get to learn about this, you know, to get certified, to learn how to do genetic readings. And then I just, you just find things. Curiosity takes me places. And so I started getting involved with different biometric data and then learning um, how to really look at health in a systems mentality. So even, you know, even though you look at genetics and epigenetics, it's still a probability. And then you start looking at labs. And so I started adding all these things in because I'm interested in it. And I figure, out of the billion people in the world, somebody else is going to be interested in it as well. So uh -huh. th that's in a nutshell, kind of how I ended up where I am now. And then, of course, I write, I write, but not as frequently now because I'm more busy now with the with the podcasting and everything. But, but yeah, man, I just I just love to do a bunch of different things and just to always stay active. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think we're naturally born curious, and uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I love talking to different people and just learning things outside of um, you know traditional medicine. And uh, yeah, it's interesting because uh, I remember the first day of medical school, and then there was this uh, everybody's like uh, gung ho, and then there was this uh, there's one or two students they they're like they 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 went to the orientation first day and after that they 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 quit because they were like I, i'm not gonna do this and you know looking back i was like man i would like i wish i had their their balls and their courage so <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah uh, medical medical school is uh it's it's interesting because i i don't think i was excited when i first got there i yeah. think i think i got excited once i saw a little clinical stuff yeah i was actually I was like, wow, is this really it? I'm just going to, it's like drinking from a fire hose. So I, I told friends, it's like, it's not just crazy difficult. It's just a lot of volume yeah. and it never stops. Whereas like in undergrad, I feel like you would have a week where it's a lot of stuff and then you can like ease off. Yeah. Except this train never stops. And so <laughs> I, I had to really learn time management and everything, but, but yeah, kudos to those people. Cause I'm sure they save, they save money. And yeah. so that's the only thing I'm like, oh man, you know, this is an expensive lesson, but I guess it's better than realizing 
the third or fourth year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so what, what's interesting is you talk about um, genetics and epigenetics, and I know um, some people may not really uh, tell us and tell us more what is epigenetics and we can go from there. Yeah. So uh, many of us have heard genetics, right? But a lot of times we haven't heard epigenetics. So you know, just to break this, the deconstruct, just to construct that word is epi means above. And then of course the rest of that is genetic. So it's going to be above the gene. And so a lot of times when we hear that our genes are our destiny, that's not necessarily true because when epigenetics comes apart is this is basically a part that can express or not express certain genes. And I like to think of this as look at your body as the hardwire of a computer and the software is the different inputs and that software ultimately dictates how that hardware operates. So in our sense, if our body's the hardware, the software is the food we eat, the, the water that hopefully we're drinking enough of, um, how we're breathing, how we're handling stress, emotions, as we mentioned earlier, um, pollution, everything in the environment, the people that we're with, our vocation, our jobs, all that is dynamically interacting with our body whether we realize it or not. And at all times, some genes are turning off, some genes are turning on. And so in a nutshell, what this looks like in a practical sense is, and this is still very early. And so there, this is just getting better, but basically you can be more precise with how you go about establishing a health and fitness plan. A lot of times we used to say everyone, keto is a big, rage right now or carnivores a big rage well some people are not going to be able to handle um dietary fats and specifically saturated fats as well as other people so those diets necessarily wouldn't be better for them they would probably need to look at something else so that's kind of that in a nutshell doctor doc is a personal lending solution designed by doctors for doctors we understand that doctors financial situations change faster than an insulin drip in ketoacidosis and we also understand that doctors are the most reliable borrowers in the world. Through our proprietary algorithm, we're able to provide personal loans at great rates with amazing flexibility because we take into account your schooling, your specialty, and where you are in the medical journey. Doctors come to us after they've matched into residency and we loan for all sorts of personal reasons, from credit card debt consolidation to family expenses and medical bills. We speak with everyone who applies for a loan and offer fixed interest rates and flexible term options without prepayment penalties. If you're a physician looking for a personal loan, fill out our application form now. It only takes three minutes and we'll get back to you with a decision within 24 hours. What's interesting is, um, you know, this epigenetics and um, all of these um, new ideas are talking about aging. So um, what's the first principle of healthy aging? Yeah, the first principle of healthy aging, and it's, it's a super easy one, and it's actually your mindset. In particular, really wrapping your mind around what aging is. So I always say that aging needs a if you're a marketing firm out there, you should really take a look at this, that aging really needs a rebranding because when we think about aging, it's never positive things that comes to mind typically for most people. It's you're going to get colder, your metabolism slows down, you gain a little weight, it's harder to come off, your brain is not as sharp, um, you feel more brittle, you're more afraid to fall. So it's all these negative connotations. Whereas when I think about aging, I think about wisdom, I think about having more experience. So I think about 
you know, people like LeBron James, who is maybe I think all around his, his 20th year or so. Uh-huh. And he's still a top five, top 10 NBA player because mm-hmm. he has more wisdom now. He has more experience now and still has the health. And so that's the first principle in really thinking about what does aging mean to you? What does, you know, your wealth span, your health span and your lifespan, what does that look like to you? If you were a genie in a bottle, how would you construct this? And so that's the first essence of this whole thing before grabbing the first supplement, before fixing the first smoothie is to really grasp what aging means to you and how do you want to age interesting that's interesting i always thought of aging as a biological thing but you mentioned it as a mindset thing so which mm-hmm. is fascinating um and uh how, how yeah, does oh go ahead yeah, it's very much a biological thing absolutely but the, the, the funny thing is though now you know that's another thing that we can do now is that you have you know, you can test your biological age to your chronological age mm-hmm. now. And so it's a company called True Age. I think they have the best one out there because they go by DNA methylation. And so you can actually compare those two things to say, oh, I may be like, I'm 36 chronologically, but biologically I'm 30. I'm, I'm working on that. I want to, I want to go back more. And, and so you have these things. So for an individual, they can say, oh, okay, I might be 50, 55, but mm-hmm. if, if I, Put together this plan to do these certain things these interventions i can be 45 and so when somebody asks you how old are you are you can say 45 <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh yeah that's the other thing is uh how, how does sleep i know sleep is so critical how, how does that play into healthy aging yeah sleep is i would say the fundamental principle it's the thing that most probably high performers want to skip and get as little of because they're so busy doing everything. I'm one of those people as well. I do not like to sleep. I sleep because it's it's important. That's the only reason. That's the only thing that can convince me to sleep. I do not like to sleep. If somebody wants an invention out there, please make one where I don't need to sleep. So there's a very small percentage of the world, actually. In fact, it has like a gene. I think it's a DEC2 gene. And they can actually thrive, I think, on like five hours of sleep, five, six hours of sleep. Uh-huh. And you can check like their labs and their brain scans and everything. And it's optimal. So I'm jealous of those people. But <laughs> for the rest of us, you know, if you think about it, sleep is tied to every single facet of life, whether it's with our weight, whether it's with our emotional intelligence, whether it is with our decision making, sleep is tied to those things. And two critical areas I that easily that we can all visualize is our amygdala and prefrontal cortex. So the prefrontal cortex has logic and reasoning, amygdala is more emotional based thing. And when these things, when you're sleep deprived, there's less activity going on in that prefrontal cortex and more in that amygdala. So in in a practical sense, what this looks like on a day-to-day basis, whether in relationships or at work, or just deciding between food is that you are going to be making decisions more from a emotional and reactive standpoint, rather than logic and reasoning. And, you know, if you're an investor or, you know, that's, you don't want to make decisions based off emotion. And if you're in a relationship, which I think a lot of problems with relationships could be solved if both parties were not as sleep deprived, but I have no research on that. But, you know, that's a relationship issue as well is that these people are coming to the table, not from more of a logic and reasoning, but more from a reactive primitive state in that amygdala. And with weight, with weight loss, sleep is a big portion there. Um, I think there was a study years ago, I think it was at a university of Chicago. I forgot 
the year and everything. But basically, one you have one group that slept around I think five or like six hours or so, five or six hours, and the other group was like seven and a half to eight. They lost around the same amount of weight, but the big difference was the group that slept around seven to eight hours, they lost actual body fat, whereas the group that slept less this five to six they lost weight but a lot of it was muscle they lost a little more muscle as well mm -hmm. and so as we know lean body mass is a very important uh, metric to look at when it comes to changing your body composition i know this world talks a lot of times about just losing weight losing weight losing weight well there's different forms of losing weight there's water weight there's losing weight with muscle as well so having that LBM still increase with that group that slept more was an indication there as well. And then it helps with hormones as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the, the more I think about the, the more I read and it's uh, so important to get, you know, eight hours or, you know, more to maintain proper, you know, optimal functioning. And um, uh, the other thing is what's interesting is, so we talked about, um, you know, mindset, we talked about sleep, and then we'll talk about nutrition. What is one universal nutrition tip that you think would help everybody um, maintain peak and optimal performance? Yeah, I think it's, it's setting up, answering four critical questions. It's how do you eat? What do you eat? Where do you eat? And when do you eat? It sounds so basic. But what you're doing in that situation is you're giving yourself structure. And a lot of times we operate on randomness. And when we operate on randomness, typically the decisions are not ideal or we're going to eat on how we feel in that moment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, you know, how do you eat? Well, what do you mean? How do you eat? Like literally, how do you eat? You know, and <laughs> a lot of this goes about like what type of nutritional structure are you going to go with? And, some people eat in a very stressful state and that can be, and that can affect a lot of our gut issues. Uh -huh. So simply taking time, maybe five or so minutes beforehand to just simply do some deep breaths to collect yourself and then eat your meal can help your digestion right there. Cause we hear a lot of times now about more and more people seem to be having gut problems. Yeah. And, oh, this yeah. Is, and, I guess I'm guilty of this as well, is that sometimes I'm multitasking. I'm watching a lecture or something while I'm eating, or I'm trying to take care of emails while I'm eating, but that's not taking that. And that's taking a lot of the focus off my um, digestion in that moment. So that's just one of the examples right there. And then where do you eat for most people? The, where do you eat? Most of the time breakfast is easy. We, we get that. If you're going to eat in the morning, some people fast, it's really the midday when you're in the swing of just working, and you're in your groove you don't want to stop what are you going to do then and so that's the critical component with that right there and a lot of people have opted for some of those meal delivery services for the midday because they usually have the beginning and the end of the day is pretty good it's the middle of the day that tends to be a little dicey mm -hmm. yeah that's 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 interesting how you structure everything um and then uh what the other thing is um you know you mentioned a lot of um parallels between high performance um athletic and in business and entrepreneurship so uh, you know how can exercising and also just what can high performance athletes teach entrepreneurs and business leaders about sustaining peak performance yeah 
more and more is not the way. And so what I mean by this and recovery in a sense is that when you think about business and what I noticed with business is that a lot of guys, the more resources you have, the more capital you have, the more you can pour into the business and typically the greater ROI you're going to get. So you can just do more and more and more and more. Well, the human body doesn't really work that way. The human body likes balance. Now, sure, you can get to a point to where you're giving, where you're doing a lot of volume, you're running a lot of miles weekly, but you're not going to start that way. And if you do, then you're going to have to recover as much as you train. Excuse me. And this is the thing that, especially a lot of businessmen, um, typically miss the ball on because they're very type A, very competitive driven. So let's use CrossFit, for example. They want to go from zero to 100 in CrossFit. And you're right. I don't know how their mobility is. They may not, their sleep may not be optimal at the moment. Their nutrition may not be optimal, but they're just going zero to 100, just fully fledged in. And you can probably get away with that for a few weeks, of course, right? But if you think about the longevity of things, there's a higher risk of injury, there's a higher risk of burnout, and there's just another higher risk of just it interfering with your schedule and all that. And then it's just, and then it becomes a battle between fitness and your everyday life. And this is a lot of times why people have this seesaw with their health and fitness is because there's no congruence, there's no synergy, and they're not seamlessly integrated with each other. Mm-hmm. But the recovery aspect is what I really harp on. And and because we see these amazing athletes doing these amazing feats, but we don't see the behind the scenes work. We don't see the the, the baths, the ice baths. We don't see the, the massage sessions. We do not see the sauna sessions. A lot of times we do not see a lot of this stuff. So all we see is the doing, but we don't see what leads up to that. And this mm-hmm. is the same thing as individuals when they apply for their health. Yeah, that's interesting. The uh, I know I've heard about the ice baths. Um, what what is the what, what is the sauna sessions? What is that, and how does it help? Yeah, so if you're in, more interested in, look up Doctor. What's her name? Doctor Rhonda Patrick. Mm-hmm. She does. She talks a lot about saunas, but um, saunas is. I like to look at it as you can use it before and after your workouts. I tend to prefer after and it's helping with blood flow. It's helping with something we call heat shock proteins. Um, I know it helps with clotting as well. If, if, if for individuals to have that issue or not, I know sometimes you get certain illnesses and you can have a potential risk factor down the road for clotting. So um, sauna helps with that. Um, I think, I think she, I'm trying to think of her study off the top of my head. And I think it was a 30 minute session with a 20 minute rest and then another 30 minute session. And I forgot the number that it boosted you know, human growth hormone. Mm-hmm. And I believe a couple times a week, around 20 minutes, it reduces all cause mortality. Wow. Because uh, a lot of the Scandinavian countries do a lot of research in this and because they're like, I think everyone has it there. It's like, a, it's like as common as drinking water for us is their sauna use. So I believe the sweet spot is 20 minutes per session. Mm-hmm. Most people probably will not start with 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah. <laughs> it, it's something to work up to, but a couple times a week, it does reduce all cause mortality. And I forgot about what percentage. Yeah. That's so, that's fascinating. Um, how you can use um, extreme temperatures, extreme cold mm-hmm. and 
extreme heat to um and uh, I've actually done uh, the two minute Wim Hof cold daily cold showers and that that really improves your energy and your focus and your clarity so I hate cold I hate cold <laughs> I, give me heat over the cold I, I've done it I do them both but for some people it's this goes back to like I said our individual makeup some people can handle the heat a lot more than the cold and vice versa yeah cold yeah. showers for some reason even for two minutes are just so brutal to me whereas <laughs> i can sit it i can sit in this sauna literally for 20 minutes and just like relax relax <laughs> oh another good thing is that um the sauna is just going to sweat out a lot of the a lot of the heavy metals and, and pollutants that they get in our body and so that's that's a another big one because you can you can be as diligent as you want but you're still going to get heavy metals and everything in the world at least i'm, I'm speaking for america at least right yeah, yeah, you know yeah. so it's, it's pretty much impossible to avoid so the, the sauna helps with that a little bit as well excellent excellent well it, well julian it's been a really fascinating uh discussion that you're very knowledgeable and you I like, I like how you incorporate um, health and, you know, science in, in, in athletics into business and becoming a top performer. So I know a lot of people are interested in finding more about you and, you know, uh, learning about you. So how can they do that? Yeah, you can just simply find me at theartoffitnessandlife.com and it will have all the social media links and the podcast link and much more there. Yeah. And to the um, audience, uh, Julian's resources will be in the links and show notes and uh julian is a fascinating discussion and hopefully we look forward to um, working with you in the future thank you so much for having me on i appreciate it i'm excited that you made it for another episode you are truly the best if you've been following the show for a while you know that my passion is to bring you the education you need to find your path to financial freedom please come back week after week for new content new resources and great guests until then, if you haven't already, please be sure to check out the website, www.drchrislewmdphd.com for more support. I'll see you next week.